Hey there, anime addicts. We are back with another episode and excited to talk to you about anime. As you know, this podcast has been going on for 11 years and we have over 500 episodes that you can enjoy. If you would like to help support our podcast, head over to animeaddicts.com slash join to sign up for all of our bonus content. We have hentai episodes where we review hentai. We have hobby addicts where we talk about our hobbies outside of anime, anything ranging from video games to hiking. And then we have our after parties where we just kind of just talk about our lives and uh, some of the behind scenes content. Um, you could also find a link to our Patreon if, if you would like to support us that way. And of course, we understand that this is a very difficult time for a lot of people. So if you can't sign up, you can always help us out by leaving a review on our iTunes page. But thank you so much for being here. Hope you enjoy. And uh, let's go ahead and start the show. You're listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. Take your anime addiction to the next level at aaapodcast.com slash join. And now, here are your anime addicts. Everybody, welcome. Welcome to what episode are we on? We are on episode 552 of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Hello, I am Mandy. Only two of us today is me and Mason. Mason, how are you doing? I am doing excellent. How are you personally, Mandy, and everyone listening? This is a, I like these two person episodes. I feel like it's somehow more chill and more crazy at the same time so yeah <laughs> especially since i only have one monitor so everything is all up on one screen i've got over here discord i have over here obs over here twitch everything it's crazy <laughs> she fits the mayhem of mitsugi's five monitors in the single one so yeah <laughs> a lot, lot of moving parts up in the air today Today on Hobby Addicts, we talked about Overcooked, so it's kind of like that. We'll see. Yeah, it if, really uh, is. We'll see if this all ends up on fire. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't by the end. But um, yeah, so we are here dedicated to making your anime addiction worse. And before we start, if you would like to follow us on Twitch to get updates on when we are streaming live, we stream live every Sunday at 5 p.m. EST on our Twitch account. And you could also find us on our Facebook groups page where you can find, just talk to all, talk to all of our other anime addicts and find out what we have going on in the community. Also our Twitter page, and you can find a link to our Discord on our website at aapodcast.com. And on Discord, we have a bunch of clubs that you can join. So make sure you do all of that. Uh, today on our episode, we have two, two reviews for you to check out. So wait, we have. Wait, we do? Oh no, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mason didn't li watch anything, <laughs> apparently. But um, we have our regular scheduled review, which is Mil Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited. That's coming up later. But for our main topic, we are actually going to go back and review something that was passed a long time ago. 
but never received a review. So we're doing some um, backtracking there, trying to fill in uh, some missing holes in the podcast. <laughs> Since Mitz is not here. And uh, we will be doing a review of the first season, just the first season, of Sailor Moon Crystal. So the first 14 episodes. So, yeah, stick around. We have so much anime coming up for you. Certainly. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we talk about some news? Uh, not really. Excited to get to both of those. But, uh, yeah, a lot of big news this week as well. So I say let's just jump into it. Yeah, let's jump into what we have going on in news. It's time for big news of the week. So for uh, my news topics, I chose two of them. And I was looking through the news this week and there wasn't a whole lot that really grabbed me as like big, you know, giant news. But um, the first one is that they released a teaser trailer for the Yuri on Ice movie, which was like, I think announced back in 2019. And we haven't really heard anything else about it since then. Mm-hmm. But now they have a teaser trailer out. It looks great. It's I'm super excited. But um, they announced that they still they still don't have a release date for it. But they said that it's not really in a place where they're comfortable releasing a date for it. But it's still going strong. And right now they're aiming to just further enrich the film. But if you want to check out the trailer for that, that is available on YouTube. Um, my other little news topic, which, you know, isn't, uh, like, huge news or anything, <laughs> but um, the apps, app, um, gaming app companies, Broccoli and Bushiroad, are apparently partnering together. So, um, Broccoli, both of, both of these companies deal with a lot of, like, the gacha game app games on mobile devices. So, Broccoli brought over, like, Utuno Prince-sama and a bunch of other little, like, um, rhythm-based games like that. And Bushi Road also does a lot of that. They do, like, Love Live and the Revue Starlight one and I think, like, Bang Dream and Card Fight Vanguard, I believe. But apparently they're entering a partnership together and they want to, like, reboot a bunch of old uh, franchises into, like, mobile app games. So I never stick around long with uh, gacha games. I feel like I always start them and I play them for a little while and then I'm like, eh, and forget they exist. What was the <laughs> idle one I played with you guys for like it's a no th- three days? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I just I, I can't get into gacha games. I, <laughs> I, I see I see the matrix. I see the numbers behind them. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. uh, I see why people love them and why they scratch that itch. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not the- for me. The gacha game part, I just cannot get into, but I like rhythm games. So yeah. I was always in it for the rhythm game part. But as soon as it's like, as soon as it's like, you have to spend money to collect cards, I'm like, eh, not really interested anymore. But yeah, if you're if you're looking forward to any of the titles that they have coming out, I don't have a list of them, but they just said they want to reboot reboot some older franchises. But so are these. Sorry, do we think these are franchises that used to be rhythm or not rhythm games, gotcha games that they're bringing back or maybe like or gotcha game adaptations of other franchises? I think they're adaptations, but I'm not okay. sure. I don't really know. But if you're interested in like Broccoli or Bushy Road series or games, that's something you can look forward to. I like real Broccoli. Does that count for anything? I do. I love Broccoli. <laughs> God, uh, it's so great. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so what you got? My news is very much oh, would touch the heart of Mitz because it's all about numbers. So this this news story is in honor of him. But the Association of Japanese Animators, AJA, released its preliminary report of the 2019 anime industry market report and kind of how it did in 2019. They released kind of the results from last year's studies at the end of this year. So all this pertains to 2019, but essentially they found that the market value of the anime industry rose uh, 15.1% to a value of 2.5 trillion yen, which is equivalent to about 24 billion US dollars, which is double what it was a decade ago. So anime, as we all probably knew, but now we have a better number to point to, is more popular, more financially, you know, erupting than ever before. So heck yeah. It's it's good and it's important and we're I mean no doubt if you look at the number of shows coming out and how many different industries are popping up around it with you know you have the the franchise whatever with like pachinko machines and slot machines and gaming stuff like everyone is trying to get into this pool with all these streaming sites and all that so essentially people the people who did this report thought that there's a potential that this year 2019 would have shrunk in value because of declining birth rates less of a domestic market and a lot of regulations that china has been putting on the market but nonetheless because of an increase in overseas market commodities and like i said the gaming and the arcade and amusement centers it bumped up considerably across the board the biggest downturn in the industry i think to no one's surprise is like the tv and home market because of streaming becoming more popular not just overseas but in japan um it will be interesting to see what happens in 2020 because of the coronavirus pandemic and everything influencing that. But nonetheless, the full report of this with all the fancy numbers and stats and graphs comes out in English in a couple months. So it'd be interesting to dig into that. But nonetheless, it kind of confirms what we know that anime is growing and is ever populous. So good to know. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I'm sure Mitz would go deep into the numbers if he was here, but oh, I'm you, sure. <laughs> you can read the report. Just look up AJA anime industry report and you'll uh, find it. So it's pretty interesting and it's a good time. Yeah. And the larger anime grows and the more cool stuff we can have that comes. Yeah. Out. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering about like this year, how the numbers have changed from COVID because so many, you know, um, studios have been hit really hard by it and production has been slowed down so we'll see how that all eventually trickles down and yeah support it in the best way that you can and we'll see what comes of it yeah i also forgot to mention that the yuri and ice movie is called yuri and ice adolescence and i love the memes coming out of it like comparing it to utsuna adolescence yeah (laughs) anytime you have a meme of like yuri turning into a car it's my favorite thing in the world (laughs) kerchow So, yeah, with that, I guess we can go into our review, right? Yeah, review, review part one. Let's do it. Yeah, Sailor Moon Crystal. Uh, so this came out in spring of 2014, so, wow, forever ago. This was pressed, passed, not pressed, by Cram, which old school old school listeners remember was one of the OG in the Japanese era of the of the podcast and uh, he passed this on episode 239 that's uh 
it's been a hot minute. This is done by <laughs> Studio Toei, and the synopsis for anyone in the world who doesn't know what Sailor Moon is uh, tells the story of Tsukino Usagi, who's an eighth grade student, and one day she meets a cat named Luna, who has a crescent-shaped moon on its head, and is transformed into the sailor-suited guardian of love and justice. Yeah, Transformers, Sailor Moon. She uh, meets the other sailor soldiers. Exactly. <laughs> who are not watching live. I have a Transformers cup. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. We, uh, I'm not just blurting out other things. <laughs> Cars, Transformers, Yuri. We got it. We got it. <laughs> um, and essentially, her and the other sailor scouts defend Earth against all the evil powers that be. Um, this is a ONA adaptation of the classic series, uh, which follows closer to the 1992 manga than the original one that I think most listeners grew up with. Um, obviously done by Naoko Take- Kuch- Takeuchi, who was the mangaka of the time. And the manga and the original series kind of came out very much at the same time, which is why they kind of diverged a bit. But this is directed by Tomohiko Ito, who did the directing for Zombieland Saga and Mr. Love Queen's Choice from a recent season. And I mean... Where do we begin with our initial expectations? I feel like you have popular shows, you have influential franchises, and then you have like Sailor Moon, like just a juggernaut of the anime industry. I doubt that your mom or any person in the world, if you're like, uh, what is Sailor Moon? They could be like, oh, it's it's a it's a Japanese cartoon. It's a show like everyone knows Sailor Moon. They might not have watched it. I'm pointing a finger at myself now, but. Like, there is no quote-unquote essential shows or things that you need to watch to be considered an anime fan. But nonetheless, Sailor Moon is, like, vital to a lot of what came after it and is such an important part about the industry that I want to know, Mandy, what did you think or what did you expect coming into Sailor Moon Crystal? Um, well, Sailor Moon was one of those series that I grew up with. Like, um... I always credit Fushigi Yugi as being my first anime, and that's because I was still a kid when I watched Sailor Moon. I didn't really register it as being anime. I was just like, it's just a cartoon that you watch on TV. And uh, there was definitely a lot of it that I forgot over time, because like Mason said, it diverges a lot from the manga. And uh, it's there are a lot more just single episodes in there of just Usagi. Like, it, there's a lot just added in there. So, um, I don't know, like Mason said, Sailor Moon has just been such an important impact, it had an important impact on a lot of older fans of all types. But I also feel like, um, especially, I see a lot of uh, women credited as like their, uh, as Sailor Moon being a big positive influence in their life. And um, Sailor Moon, you know, explored th- like themes of like female power and friendship with episodes that touched on topics that were important to um like from kids to young teenagers that about like um developing strong bonds with your friends to teamwork to learning how to love and trust yourself and um had a female hero that wasn't like your typical protagonist during that time um you know usagi she's she's the crybaby that's kind of like her thing (laughs) she's clumsy she wasn't the strongest and didn't really conform to like the the pretty girl trope during that like that, that was like really popular during that time and she had like an undying but she had like an undying love for her friends it went leap into just disaster for them 
Um, and although, like, she always says, like, ah, oh, Tuxedo Mess came to save me, she doesn't really do much. <laughs> Tuxedo <laughs> Mess looks so useless. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, sorry. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. He doesn't really do much. She always finds the strength within herself to fight her battles, but still, like, develops, like, a loving relationship alongside Momoru. And um, while it isn't, like, the first magical girl show, it, I think it's definitely the most influential one in... Um, you know, it had like transformations with that had the characters adorn makeup and jewelry and painted nails. All the things that were typically seen as weaknesses were being turned into what gave them strength. So there was definitely a lot behind Sailor Moon. Oh, and also, although they removed all of an English release because they censored everything, it had a lot of um, LGBT representation in there as well in the original. So um, yeah, there's there's a lot behind Sailor Moon, and uh, I. Remember, man, it was funny because I remembered so much after just watching this crystal. <laughs> and I actually went back and started watching the original because I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Their perfume pets called up. What was it? What were they called? They were like the, oh, shit. They're like the Chanel's or something. <laughs> so there were some silly episodes in there before, um, like this very streamlined story. But, uh, yeah, so I was, I was hesitant to watch Crystal because I heard that it, is very streamlined, but it like it closely. It follows the manga more closely, but also apparently it still doesn't didn't capture the like the life behind or like the um I guess the characters and the emotion behind Sailor Moon very well. This is what I heard before going before it going in. So I never watched Crystal, never touched it. <laughs> so when we were like looking through what we could review, since Mitsu wasn't here as like a main topic, we were like Sailor Moon Crystal. I was like, I should probably try it. So yeah. uh, I didn't have great expectations going in. <laughs> I was very wary. <laughs> yeah, Sailor Moon as a franchise. I never watched it when I was a kid, and as a anime reviewer, I was like, I, I should know about this show. And I've watched an episode or two of the original, and I was like, okay, I get it. I get the appeal. I've heard where things like Mandy said of where she t- kind of went through why it's so important. I'm like, I get it. I can see that, and I see the life and stuff in the show. But I, I didn't need to go through all those episodes to get it. So I was like, you know what? Let me give Crystal kind of a shot as a a newcomer to the series and see how it holds up as a standalone piece. And, but like Mandy said, I kind of heard the the qualms about maybe it being a little too streamlined, a little too fast, maybe getting too much to the plot points, not giving the characters time to be the characters that people know and love. So I also went in with trepidation and kind of, let's, let's see if this is the one that can kind of positively turn my spin on the series. So Spoiler-free recommendation, Mandy. Should people watch the show? I think you should go back and watch the original. <laughs> I I think so too. <laughs> like even, like like when we got to Legend of the Galactic Heroes, the um, the new thesis is like a streamlined version of the um, like you know it follows the novel more accurately and it um, like the original OVA added so much in there and yeah the new thesis is a ver- more streamlined version of that. But even then, I was like. Yeah, if you're new to Legend of Galactic Heroes, check it out. Like, it's still good. Like, yeah, it doesn't have all of the little details that, o- that the OVA added in, but it's still a great story. And um, I think it's definitely a classic that you should check out. This one, not so much. I feel like I feel like it would have a, a more negative impact 
on somebody new to the franchise than just going back and watching the original or even just reading the manga. Yes, it does follow the manga more accurately, but it doesn't. I feel like it lost a lot of the characters and it like like they're I feel like they're so more more emotionless and like in the manga they're bright, bubbly, cheerful. They have so much character and personality to them and they just feel like empty slates in this at least in the first season of Christmas. I'm the smart one. I'm the Amazon one. I'm the shrine maiden one. I just anything like, else? <laughs> I just feel like they're empty husks of what the characters used to be. And, uh, yeah, I don't recommend Crystal. I can't even recommend it to people where I'm like, if you don't feel like getting into, like, a 200-plus episode anime, check this one out. I just, I can't even do that. I'd say read the manga if you, if you absolutely need a streamlined version of it. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't recommend it. <laughs> at least the first two seasons. I've heard from fans it gets better, but I'm not at that point yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. Watch the original if you're really nostalgic. Read the manga. This series, especially the first two seasons from what I've heard, season three might be markedly better, but it was off to such a rough start. And maybe it's the fate of the podcast striking me down because I passed One Punch Man season two so many years ago, despite its flaws. Because I'm just like, oh, this is a show that should be part of the, dis the discussion. And then no one cared about it. And it was kind of, I think, the same way here where this show just for as big of a franchise and as important a property as Sailor Moon is, this show just feels so cheaply done and it deserved so much better. And luckily there is, you know, the 1990 version that people can return to and be happy with. And it still probably holds up pretty darn well. But, you know, I feel like we're about to jump into spoilers on a six year old show, but it's there's really nothing here that is of any value. So don't watch it. Just listen to our review, chuckle and go back and watch the original. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and put up a spoiler warning just just in case. You never know. Yeah. And I will play the drop as soon as I find it. There it is. The volume was turned down. Just know that it said spoilers are coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, where do you want to go ahead and start? First off, I would say, um, yeah, like I was saying, the characters feel so empty. Like, I don't know. It felt like they were trying to take it in a more serious route. And I felt like it. in doing so, it lost a lot of the charm behind Sailor Moon. <laughs> I, I feel like so much discussion I hear about the show is people talking about what their favorite sailor. Some people are like, oh, I love Sailor Mercury, this, this, this. Oh, no, Sailor Jupiter is better. She's this. And I was like, oh, by watching the show, I'll finally learn which one is which and kind of form my own opinion and have a claim. But I watched the show and I I just felt like I got no attachment to any of them. As I kind of joked earlier, they were kind of just generic tropes with the types they were. I was like, oh, yeah, she was a Jupiter. OK, I think she is thunder power because there's storms on Jupiter. So maybe. But like she's big and uh, I, like I just I wasn't gripped into any of them. And Usagi is I don't know if she was... I get that she's a crybaby. I didn't have a problem with that. But she was, like, unapologetically throwing trash in someone's face. And that... She was just... I don't know. Like, I didn't like anyone. All the female adults were, like, evil. And every male adult was pretty much absent. Like, nothing... No single person had any redeeming quality or value. Like, the best characters were the cats, in my opinion. 
Oh, Lady and Artemis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also, the, you know, the original is, you know, a very long franchise. And Usagi does start off as um, a crybaby who always puts herself down. She's always like, I, I am not good at anything. Like in her little introduction, she's like, I'm a crybaby and that's all. But she does <laughs> get some great character development over time. But, you know, it's a really long series the original it's like over 200 episodes i believe yeah but, but she knows um, she's a crybaby she like yeah. confronts it head on she's not like the wandering witch person who's like i'm the prettiest in the land i'm so pretty and just like doesn't realize that she's like she gets what's going on she's aware mm-hmm. yeah yeah she does get some great development in the um original over time where she ends up you know getting more um confidence in herself and i think it was really funny how um you know, I've read the manga, and it's been a while, so I had to go back and read it again. And I forgot how much in the original anime, like, how much they added to her, um, like, uh, the confrontations between her and Momodu when she first when they first meet. They hate each other. <laughs> it's really funny. I feel like in, in Crystal, it's kind of funny going back and seeing it now that it's like she falls in love with him so fast. <laughs> And like in the original anime, they like hate each other. She <laughs> hates, up until a certain point. She hates this guy, but she loves Tuxedo Mask right off the bat. That's true, yeah. That mm-hmm. is true. Also, I like that she's a crybaby and her first power is cry, like being a crybaby to such a petrifying degree. Like she just cries so loudly that like enemies are like startled. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's in the original, too. <laughs> sure, but, like, her, her first power is being a big crybaby. Like, that's yeah. her... <laughs> that, that's how she, like, stumbles into what she can do. <laughs> well, she stumbles into what she can do by being too dumb to pass tests so she doesn't get, like, trapped up in all the schemes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's that's in the original, too. She's. I mean, I don't feel like they change... At least at the beginning, not her character too much from what I remember but um, I did feel like the characters were just so <sighs> bland like like they were you know they're more charming they have more um, comedy moments together like in the original manga like even in just in the original manga that is more streamlined and fast doesn't have like all the filler episodes that the original anime does they're bubbly Right, cheerful, charming, and they have a lot of comedic moments together. And even in the streamlined version of the manga, you can still feel like the characters are bouncing off of each other, and like they're like a like an actual bond is growing between them. Where in this, I felt like when it got to the point where she's like ready to die for them, I'm like, I feel like you guys have no connection whatsoever. <laughs> it just feels like they're all so empty. <laughs> but um, yeah, like even the original, like they. It's there are a lot of comedic moments, but they do get serious when they are ready to, uh, to you know, beat down an enemy. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, the lack of attachment I had to the characters definitely hurt the ending when it was supposed to be this big dramatic plot points of sacrifice and love and connection. And I was like, uh, they're kind of nobodies, but okay, I get you. Yeah, it's um, the first episode of Crystal. And when I also went back and watched the original of the anime, they're pretty, pretty close to each other, I would say. The, the introduction of Usagi and the introduction of Luna and what a Sailor Scout is, that all of that was pretty um, accurate. It's after okay. that where they took out a lot of the, um, 
episodes where, you know, Sagi's on her own because uh, well, I forgot that it takes so long to get to the second Sailor Scout in the in the original. For a while there, it's just Usagi. It's just I can't Usagi. remember. I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say, that's not episode two. Like, no, and no, then no. Episode three and episode four, like one per episode. No, and I think Mercury was the second one, correct? But um, yeah, no, it takes a long time to get to her, from what I remember at least. Uh, but for a while there, it's just Usagi um, on her own and finding, uh, like, experimenting what she can do on her own and kind of like just fighting crime <laughs> did the original have as much sequences of kind of weird like usagi cosplaying into like random professions mm-hmm. like i'm gonna be a nurse i'm gonna be a flight attendant yeah. i'm gonna mm-hmm. have these like iconic outfits but it's not the best reason for doing so i think they just wanted to show hey these are all really cool jobs to have um i don't know about that but i know yeah she did have like her, the ability to change into different outfits, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I uh, specifically remember like the flight attendant and the nurse, I believe it was. Yeah. But why? Like I, I I guess I didn't really like their implementation. Like I thought it was another cool power, but I didn't really see how it benefited anything. Mm, yeah, but I feel like in the original a lot of it of course remember this is aimed at kids. <laughs> Exactly. How many oh. kids want to change into something else? <laughs> I get that this is a kid's show, but there were like so many moments. I have a laundry list that I will not go through, but a lot of things are just like that. That makes no sense. That's not how did they get? How did uh, episode one, this fake Naru's mom, like calls out to all her minions and they're all in their houses and then they're so slowly starting to amble to this like big confrontation. And then like a second later, everyone's there like they wait like 30 minutes for all these like minions to arrive. Like, yes, it's a kid show. They don't have time. No one cares about that, but it bothers me and I am bothered. And that's what matters. You're a 28 year old. <laughs> but that's okay. It's yeah, I know. I know it's not for that, but uh, did you watch this subbed or dubbed? Um, I watched it dubbed. Did you, like me, perhaps get bothered by how often they said the legendary silver crystal? Um, I honestly don't remember in the original if they said it that often. I don't remember. Oh, not so much the original, this in, in this iteration. Mm, no, I don't think I noticed it after a while. <laughs> I, I, I hope no one is about to watch the show, but listen to how many times they say the le- legendary silver crystal. It's probably 20 to 25 times per episode. And uh, I started, I accidentally noticed it, and now I, I couldn't get through a single episode without it bothering me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I it, it was a fine episodic show. Like, I liked the introduction of each of them, but when the characters, like we said, are kind of whatever, it really didn't. It's just like, oh, it's another person with more powers. C- cool. Like, I don't know. It, it The first kind of eight episodes were very episodic until the arc at the end. So I don't know if you want to talk about that or any moments along the ride. Right now I'm just laughing at how chat's commenting about my cat because my cat won't shut up. <laughs> just, They're like, Ravage like, will cat. be heard. <laughs> she don't has a silence. lot to say about Luna. <laughs> um, no, go ahead. What were you saying about the uh, the final arc? I Actually, I, I think the one... Well, I guess we can talk about just the visuals and production later on because I think that's what hurt a lot of it but um, 
you know, uh, you know, my, minus all of the stuff that they took out of it. But I think the production behind it, which is really weird that for a franchise that's so massive has been has been such a huge inspiration and um, has, you know, to so many franchises and has such a large legacy behind it that it just looks so poorly made. <laughs> I just it does. feel it's weird that that, hap- that happened that way. Cause you think they throw loads of like money into it, but I don't know what happened in the production of it. Maybe something happened. I have no idea. I should have researched that ahead of time to see if maybe something happened along the way with the studio. Cause I could definitely, it definitely looks like something happened. <laughs> but, I, um, it's easy to point to it and say, Oh, it's Toei being Toei. But I think it was more, there were issues with the timing of things. I think, uh, the mangaka didn't agree to a lot of their proposals. I think they came out with an original plan and like the Sonic movie, she's like, no, no, change it. And they went with another one. She said, no, change it. And they kind of had a last second directing change where they kind of shifted it to a different team. Like it seemed like there was a lot of that going on and it certainly shows. And it would make sense on why season three got better because mm. they had that break in time to rescope, refocus and address the complaints and concerns that people were having with it. So gotcha. Okay. I think there was what, a lot on plate. I just want to talk about how dumb tuxedo mask is. He's so useless. Oh my goodness. He just appears says, uh, how about you do better? And then leaves. And she's like, Oh my goodness. He's amazing. She literally grows a new tiara out of like the literal hots she has for him. He shows up <laughs> and she's like, my body it's on fire. And like, because of that, she like grows a tiara out of her forehead. Uh, tuxedo <laughs> mask is just really good at giving smooches to sleeping girls that are a couple years younger than him. Uh, besides that, he doesn't do much for a while, and I was... No, nah, that's the meme behind it. it. That's, but I also <laughs> like that he doesn't steal the spotlight from her. He gives her the encouragement to be better, but um, he doesn't save the day, which is absolutely something that I appreciate for sure. I like, certainly don't mind that, but then it makes her like immediately falling for him a little bit. Well, yeah, and Crystal for sure. It takes yeah. a long time for them to... like become a thing because she's attracted to just the who tuxedo mask is in the original mm-hmm. just because of how how handsome he is but it takes a while for her and Momoto to actually like start to develop a relationship from what i remember in the original because for a while there they fight every time they see each other <laughs> i mean i guess if i had seen this by itself which essentially i did i would be like this show is just I, I it's so like I don't understand why people could like the show but then when you talk about oh no it actually didn't happen over five episodes it happened over 30 episodes and it was a slowly building thing where you know characters were developed and introduced and slowly like came together I'm like oh well now it makes sense why these characters are so together and actual friendship which is a big theme uh would have counted for something instead of just slapstick klutzy comedy and random legendary silver crystal explanations every five minutes i don't know it just there was just not much hair it was sad it was disappointing (laughs) i don't know there's really not much more i can if there's one series i knew you wouldn't like it's sailor moon (laughs) why did i pick it i don't know i was just like oh i should watch this show it seems like a good thing to watch this show just watch the original people yeah i do have a quite a fondness for the original i start watching it again i'm like oh i remember this as a kid i have a lot of nostalgia for it 
And I'm hoping that um, I'm watching it on... What am I watching it on? Not um, Hulu. I'm watching it on Hulu. And I'm hoping that they preserved a lot of the stuff that they censored and took out of the original. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if, the, if it's ever dubbed, but I guess we'll find out later on. I'm hoping they fixed it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess production-wise, one of the big things that they changed, and I feel like it was a very sore spot for a lot of fans of the series is the transformation sequences because they tried to experiment with like 3d cg transformation sequences and at least in season one they do not look very good um i think the one that only was okay for me was sailor mars and i think that's just because it was mostly fire <laughs> Sailor Moon looks like it. I, I don't know. It just looks too uncanny valley for me to be like, oh, this is really cool and interesting looking. I just, I don't know. The CG Especially didn't when they're each like well. a minute long and you're just, you're forced to like confront the fact like, like it'd be one thing if it, they were like, I'm trying to think like, it's okay if they use the CG for like a single shot and you're like, okay, they had to cut a budget here. They did it there. But like the transformation sequences were always copy pasted and always are essential and like iconic to the series. So like if there was one part to cut the budget, it wasn't in these transformation sequences, which we'll see every single episode. It's why things like the opening of shows look really good because they're like, well, if we're going to show this for a minute and a half, we might as well make it count. So for them to make the most iconic part of the show almost into such a cluster is kind of confounding and i don't know when they're that long and drawn out it was even more irritating it i would say it was more than just not great but it's just so distractingly bad that i i I, once again i heard that they went to fully animated ones for season three so i guess i'd almost want to look at those by itself to see what a new sailor sailor moon show should look like Hmm. Sorry if you're watching live. My camera froze. I don't know why. So I had to change the frame <laughs> to make it go back. <laughs> but anyways, that's fixed. Um, yeah, I think because, you know, transformation sequences are such a big staple of the Sailor Moon franchise. And I'm surprised they didn't put more attention on them. But, you know, going or finding out all of the issues they had with Toei and the original mangaka that I guess it makes kind of sense that yeah. they probably were forced to change things so often. Not that I know that's what happened, but I could definitely see how that probably had a big negative impact on it. And I think uh, just the lack of expressions in the faces was a big part of it because it lost a lot of the charm of the original Sailor Moon. I will say, I, uh, once again, I kind of loved and hated it at the same time. I know it's Usagi being a crybaby, but it's kind of weird how you get this full minute-long epic transformation with all these you know, elemental powers surrounding her. And then she like makes a bold proclamation of dishing out some like punishment in the name of a celestial body. And then instantly is like, actually, no, never mind. I'm, don't hurt me. Like, well, think- it seemed like a weird whiplash. Like, oh, she's turning the tide. She's digging deep and she's realizing, no, what? I have this power within me and I'm going to take you down in the name of justice. And then she's like, actually, never mind. I take it all back. Don't please stop. I think in the original, for you know, kids watching the show, that's what made it made her so lovable because she was somebody that you could relate to. They made her very relatable. It's like, you know, not unbelievable. She just suddenly knew how to do everything. <laughs> it takes her a while to find her own courage and um, and her own like uh, 
self like build up her self-esteem later on <laughs> was all their catchphrases the same yeah i'll fill you with regret it'll leave you numb i don't know about that one but that uh, one hers was, was little... definitely <laughs> <laughs> in the name of the moon i'll punish you like i get that like that's yeah. that's solid i'll fill you with regret it'll leave you numb come on i don't remember i don't know about that come one. on sailor jupiter you can do a little bit better than that Oh, I do like, by the way, Sailor Jupiter, speaking of her, that because she is the tall one, that she gets the lightning rod attachment to her forehead because lightning would strike her. I I thought that was a nice touch. (laughs) I don't know. I guess I'm just so disappointed in the show for as much as it is bad, as much as it could have been good. And I think like that's my big sticking point and like concern. What did you think of really quick of the like four dark nights being like kind of paired with the four scale sailor scouts um we so kind of got like that's a lot different in the original <laughs> that's yeah that's why i was asking yeah that's a, there's definitely a lot of other relationships and things that happen with them later on i don't want to spoil it for people who might be new to sailor moon but that's definitely a lot different <laughs> <laughs> more more sailor scouts come in also later on but yeah it's it's a lot different <laughs> Well, uh, I guess I don't have too much more to say. I've, like I said, I don't want to get into my nitpick laundry list, but watch the original, people. You'll be better off. Yeah, definitely check out the original. I started doing that, and I'm probably just going to watch that for a while. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I just feel like uh, just sit back and watching some old Sailor Moon. But um, Ikohara did uh, direct a big portion of Sailor Moon. You might like that. I think it's one of the movies, I believe. I can't remember. You yeah, might like Kami the in the chat one. just uh, recommended that to me. So oh, I'll definitely check cool. it out. I'm definitely not, like I said, luckily this series doesn't turn me off of Sailor Moon as a franchise. Just Sailor Moon Crystal as a entry into that, but not mm-hmm. the wider landscape, which, as you mentioned, there's a lot of stuff out there for it so i think i just need to find what is right up more my speed so i'll give that a shot for sure yeah i definitely don't recommend it if you're new to sailor moon just i think this would just put you off of it and that's such a shame for such a big legendary uh franchise (laughs) but um yeah i don't have anything else really to say about it don't recommend it check out the original because sailor moon is still wonderful that's all i got that's that's a pretty good point to make. And I'm glad you brought up at the very beginning the Legend of the Galactic Heroes comparison. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's that's a re-adaptation done right. It's different, but still its own thing. Whereas this is more like a berserk where it's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know when my favorite series gets trashed and I, I, I get that same feeling with hair. So I I understand. So I, I think with that, we can <laughs> move on. Yeah, I'm probably going to still finish Crystal just because it's so short compared to the original. I don't know, just probably just to get it out of the way. Because I did hear that third season does get a lot better from what fans are saying. So Is there we'll see. at all a chance you could like skip the second season? I probably just, could. Because I, I mean, I know, you know the everything that happens. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. basic gist of it. I don't remember details because I was like a child. So, <laughs> But we'll see. Yeah, I'd be interesting to, or I'd be interested in hearing your opinion on season three and whatever is to come after that. But uh, with that, 
we'll jump into our first intro weekly trivia news break thing. So we'll give you a question about the millionaire detective Bounce Unlimited, and you'll have a little bit of time to figure it out. And in that show, Daisuke Kanbei racks up quite a bill when solving cases. What episode results in the highest incurred cost, and about how much did it cost him? We'll let you know in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere. Hey there, anime addicts. This is Mandy, and I am bringing you your anime news break. First up, we have King's Raid Anime's Blu-ray disc release has been cancelled. The official release for King's Raid Successors of the Will revealed on Friday that the staff are cancelling the six planned Blu-ray disc releases of the anime due to quote-unquote various circumstances. The anime premiered on October 2nd, will have 26 episodes total, and is currently streaming on Funimation. The series is based on a South Korean smartphone RPG by the same name. It's unclear why the collection was cancelled, but I'm sure fans of the series will be disappointed to hear that it has been cancelled. But maybe we'll hear more news on the decision in the future. Up next, the free ad-supported streaming site RetroCrush is adding a few new titles to their current list of shows. The following titles will launch on consecutive Fridays during the month of December. On December 4th, you'll be able to find Ramen Fighter Miki. On December 11th, you'll be able to find Love Hina again, Honey and Clover, and also Honey and Clover Season 2. And then on December 18th, they'll be releasing The Adventures of the Little Prince and the 1980 version of Astro Boy. All of these shows will be available with both English subtitles and the English dub, but the English subtitle version of Astro Boy will launch in early 2021. Retro Crush is only available in the US and Canada, but if you have access to the app, then you'll be able to check these titles out very soon. Next, the Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba manga creator apologizes for the last volume not adding new epilogue pages. There is a little communication error when the wraparound jacket band in the publisher's preview printed that the 23rd and final volume will have 14 exclusive pages added to the story's epilogue. The series author, Gotoge, apologized for the confusion and said that the final volume will not have extra pages for the story's epilogue, but will instead include content that was originally cut during certain points in the magazine serialization. The list of editions will include an 8-page and 6-page section that were cut from the manga, 4-page exclusive illustrations, 8 pages of special exclusive manga content, a two-page text afterward, and 11 pages of exclusive pencil sketch art. The final volume will release in Japan on December 4th, so you can look forward to that content in the future. And finally, the Inspector anime is getting a second season. Kodansha announced on Friday that the television anime adaptation of Kyo Shirodaira in Chasiba Katase's Inspector manga is getting a second season. They revealed a PV for the second season that recaps the events and characters from Season 1, but it did not reveal a premiere date. Season 1 premiered last January, ran for 12 episodes, and is currently streaming on Crunchyroll. So if you liked Season 1, then you may be excited to know that Season 2 will be coming very soon, and the PV is available for you to check out on YouTube. Again, thank you so much for supporting us, and if you would like to 
drop us a review on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. You can also go to our website at aaapodcast.com and sign up for all of our exclusive bonus content. And we just, as long as you're here listening to us, we greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much for sticking around and let's get back to the show. We are back. Before we went on break, we had a trivia question for you. The trivia question was, in the show, the millionaire detective Balance Unlimited, Daisuke Kanbei racks up quite a bill when solving cases. What episode results in the highest incurred cost and how much was it? The answer is episode 9, a golden key can open any door, and the cost was 2.6 billion US dollars. So yeah, we'll be talking about that later on. But right now, we are ready to talk about uh, some movies. That's right. All righty. Let me play your drop. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for Unexplored Pictures with Mason. That sounds about right. Um. <laughs> I actually just was going on to my Annie list and putting the Sailor Moon movie on my watch. It's on Crunchyroll. It's free. I'm going to watch it. Oh, nice. As soon as this is over. Do I need to know anything before I watch it? I don't probably know. Probably not. Probably that not. Probably good. It's Ikuhara. I won't understand it anyway. Today, I'm here to talk to you about a movie that I think you guys should watch. It's called My, My Miracle. It's 93 minutes long. It came out in 2009. Um, I was planning on talking about this when it was available on iTunes, so forgive me for taking so long to get to it. Um, but nonetheless, the Blu-rays aren't too expensive on Amazon. So, it's done by Studio Madhouse, and it's expertly directed with... Per- Fantastic Perspectives and Clarity by the Kinema Junpo award-winning director Kadabuchi Sunao. He did the fantastic Arete Hime. He did, more recently, In This Corner of the World. And he also did Black Lagoon, if you want a weird shake-up. Um, visually, this movie could easily be confused with a Ghibli film. If you are a fan of Only Yesterday or My Neighbor Totoro, uh, you shouldn't not skip out on this. The scenery and setting is exquisite. It takes place in 1955 in the rural town of Mitajiri in Yamaguchi Prefecture, and My My Miracle tells the story of two elementary school girls, um, the bold Shinko and the transfer from Tokyo Kiko, as they kind of live out these lives full of imagination, and they kind of envision what this modest rural town must have been like a thousand years ago when it used to be the capital of the prefecture, and teeming with culture, and life and all these really important people. And this imagination leads them down a rabbit hole as to the viewer, we right now in 2020 see 1955 as history. And these characters from 1955 are looking back at the history of a thousand years ago. And even those characters look back on the history of their origin. And it's kind of this caterpillar of seeing how the influence of the ages has carried through and their imagination of these girls leads to a lot of unique and neat 
directing tricks where they kind of see the world in these different ways and artistically the movie represents them with different like drawing styles so it's kind of cool and all of this kind of occurs within chinko's mind as she runs around farms and fields and sees the world for what it used to be um it's a very relaxed stress-free movie besides a death or two at the end and it is as slice as life as they come so if you are kind of like oh slice of life is bland this movie is not going to change your mind but if any of my previous statements about the other shows about like this corner of the world only yesterday nanan biori a letter to momo or any of the other guys works like arete hime besides black lagoon is your cup of tea uh i'd say try to get your hands on this it's worth a watch um it's appropriate for people of all ages it does have to deal a little bit with the nature of loss and leaving but it is a very cool and relaxing and interesting Look at a little town and some nice characters. So that's My My Miracle, and it's a pretty good time. Sounds good. I'm going to check that one out. Thank you, Mason. No problemo. And up next, we have our mailbags. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. So if you would like to leave us a mailbag, go to aaapodcast.com. There's a mailbag button there. Click it and you can ask us questions or just leave us a nice message. We'll read it on the show. This one is from You Had Me at Hentai. Uh, I mean, we have a hentai welcome. episode. <laughs> yeah, right. We have a hentai episode coming up later on. So look forward to that. But they say, hey, MMM and Enzo, winky face. How are you guys doing? I just came across your podcast two weeks ago. Mitsuki, I backtracked. I fell into the rabbit hole and it felt so good. All the convos with Chiaki and Cram and the tips from when you all lived there. I'm guessing Japan. Um, thank you for leaving most of the episodes on iTunes. I believe the podcast starts on episode 150. And in the two weeks, I have listened to at least 30 whilst being at work. Enzo, you're insanely relatable. Mandy, you're so much fun. Oh, thank you. Mitsugi, you are so grumpy and insightful. Mason, <laughs> Mason you are my favorite because you just get it, you know? I have a feeling we'd be friends in real life. And you Aww, all are so you. knowledgeable. Thank you so much for all the hard work and go that goes into this podcast. As a listener, my job is minimal. I just click a button. <laughs> but yours is a lot of work, and it is so appreciated. I am now a supporter of you on the site. Thank you all so, or love you all so much. Thank you. And that yes, so it's nice. true. You click a button, but I click at least like a 15 billion of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, my clicking finger is getting a workout today. Oh, that's <laughs> really sweet. <laughs> that was a very nice message. Yeah. Yeah, it's really sweet. Thank you so much that, um, yeah, I mean, your mailbags, you can ask us questions, but you can also just leave us uh, a sweet message. And listening is not so easy. You listen to 60 plus hours of the podcast over the last, what, two weeks, last week. So you did more than your fair share. And I know Mitz would say, obviously, the best thing you can do is spread the word, spread the love and share that addiction with your friends. And yeah, maybe we do a little bit of work, but it's all worth it when you guys interact with us and respond and give us the good vibes and mojo. So thank you for the kind words and support. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's really sweet. Alrighty, up next we have our review of Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited. So this one I passed back on episode 
536. Um, it was originally picked up by Enzo, but then it got delayed due to COVID, so he had to fail it. So then I got it in the next round of impressions, and I passed it. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, there really wasn't much to pass that season. <laughs> and I yeah. remember saying that this is one that I probably would have failed normally, but <clears throat> we, I mean, the show's got to go on. We got something, right? But this one was at least fun is what I remember the my impression being. But yeah, so you can watch this on Funimation. The studio is Studio Cloverworks, and it is an adaptation of, I believe, an old novel series in Japan. That's but correct. The um, director is Tomohiko Itao, who worked on Erased and Sword Art Online and Silver Spoon, which is crazy. I had yes. no idea he worked on Silver Spoon. Yes, <laughs> one of those things is not like the other. Yeah, that's so crazy. Um, but yeah, so what is Millionaire Detective? Um, so Million Millionaire Detective Balance Unlimited is about a very rich man named Daisuke Kanbei, who becomes partners with the detective Haru Kato. And Haru wants to be a good cop who like just follows like the book. And uh, Kanbei wreaks havoc and just, you know, pays for all the damages afterwards. He he just, you know, uses money just to get what he wants. Um, the two just constantly clash with one another. And in the first few episodes, it's a little bit episodic, just kind of like their personalities bouncing off one, one another. Um, later in the story, or later in the series, um, this one is only 11 episodes, by the way. But later on, it does develop a little bit more of a kind of linear story where it goes, um, or it starts focusing more on Kambe's family and uh, some drama in there. So, um, yeah, I guess we can go into our expectations going in. I had very mixed expectations of the show. On one hand, it is because it's 11 episodes, it is a Noitamina show, which always gets my attention. I have a soft spot for that series. One day, I think I want to do like a Noitamina worst to best list because I think there's so many important shows in that programming block. Um, another good thing about it, it is based on a novel. It's done by the same guy who wrote The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Paprika, two massively successful movies that are pretty interesting. So... On one hand, that was looking good. Uh, Cloverworks, the studio, has a really knack for making things look sharp and tight-looking and really cool. So a lot going for it, as we kind of maybe spoiled. Uh, the director seems to be a little hit or miss. He seems to be the king of wasting potential of a really good show that kind of falls apart with the side silver spoon. Um, so I was overall kind of positive, but wary based on the comments that Mandy made when she was passing it, where she's like, hey, it's it's a fine, it's a fun show, but maybe wouldn't have been a pass in another season. So I was didn't know anything besides money is always the answer. So I was going in with that kind of mindset. Yeah, so um, my expectations were pretty low going in because I did do the impression of it, but also um, I know this one got hit pretty hard by COVID. This one was the one mm -hmm. of the first shows that got delayed straight up, straight away. So I knew what to expect going in. And I know a lot of series, like even very popular ones like Haikyuu are getting hit really hard by COVID and it really shows, which unfortunately we can't control that. That's part of the world right now. <laughs> but um, so I knew what to expect going in in terms of that. And I knew the, um, I liked the OP. I thought that was fun when I did the impressions of it. And um, I... The story didn't really strike me as anything unique, but and I wasn't sure how it was going to progress because 
Kambe, my first impressions of him were uh, he's, you know, the whole internet exploded because he was hot. Yes. <laughs> Everyone yes. exploded. This dude was hot. But he was also a real big dick. So, um, I don't know. I was curious how that was going to continue because the first episode did not give me positive impressions of him. And I thought I was going to just do the same joke over and over. And I remember passing it because I was like, you know what? Even if it's not unique or anything, at least it's fun. <laughs> at least it's stupid and silly. <laughs> so I didn't have high expectations for the rest of the show. But I guess with that, we can go into spoiler-free recommendations. Yeah, overall, I would say probably not a recommendation for the show. I think if you want this cool, fun, lighthearted, not detective show but maybe go for like great pretender from what little i've seen of that show like this is a story of a stylish and suave like bruce wayne but with none of the struggles like the show has potential but it seems to play things very safe very flat and really wasn't engaging most of the time it there's no stakes in anything so it's has to be a cool and fun show the problem is there's no interesting or absurd or clever ways to solve the problems it's always ah well buy our way out of it and like weird gadgetry that always is exactly what they need at the right time it's like if someone used the same move in a fighting game over and over and over and kept on winning it's like yeah it's effective but after 11 episodes i grew a little tired of it i think the ending arc where they actually string a couple plot points together across a couple episodes is probably the my favorite part of it but overall i wasn't too engaged with it throughout the time so i'd probably say no recommendation but if anything we say sounds interesting it's worth giving a shot to um yeah i wouldn't give it a strong recommendation but i think i think it's fine it's okay it's it's not you know something that you're gonna go into and be like this is my favorite new anime ever but it's it's kind of like a fun time waste it's it's silly it has some very silly stupid moments but um, I think the end, like towards the end, the last few episodes actually started getting really serious, which kind of threw me off. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, Kambe was a lot different than what I was expecting going in. Um, he changed a little bit also in their places that he didn't change much. But um, it's it's fine, I would say. It's just okay. It's um, I would definitely recommend Great Pretender over this just because of how stylish in um how sometimes clever great pretender can be this one um it's listed as a mystery but it's not really much of a mystery <laughs> so um i don't know i think if you just like i guess spy not it's not even much yeah spy-esque i wouldn't even say action it's just um silly especially if you like uh hot conbay you get plenty of that later on yeah. honestly like I know there was a lot of issues with COVID and stuff, and I wonder if that had a hand in the dubbing having some issues, perhaps. But I would say if this had a better dub, this would be a perfect, like, background show. Like, throw it on and just kind of, like, watch it and enjoy it for the moments that you're engaged with it, but kind of leave it on. Like, it's a good background show, I would say. Yeah, I didn't watch the dub. I didn't even know I had a dub. I, I, I watched a couple episodes in both <laughs> ways to see how it compared. And I think, like, the dub has, like, eight episodes out. Like, I, th I definitely think they might have had some issues with mm. COVID, and which is why some of it sounds very odd. But, yeah, yeah it's, I th it's one of those things where if you need shows to fill up your slots, go for it. But if your time is worth more than fine, probably skip out on it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, not a strong recommendation, but it's just okay. Especially if you like hot guys, you can check that out. And Momoto Miyano is in it. I mean, it's Momoto Miyano. I have to recommend it for that. <laughs> he doesn't have some really great moments like a lot of his other shows, but, you know, it's still there. <laughs> With that, I'll go ahead and go into our spoiler section. Alrighty, spoiler section is up, and uh, yeah, where do you want to start? Uh, I feel like, I, I guess once again, do you want to start with characters or plot? I, um, I let's start go, with I either way. Because I feel like the character combat is probably the uh, the draw of the show, <laughs> so or like his relationship with combat and um, Kato. Haru. Or Haru. Or yeah, Kato, sorry. I I feel like I might be in the minority here. I really did not find either of them that interesting. I think the way they play up against one another, with one being, like you said, by by the code, doing things the right way, and Daisuke being just laissez-faire, like, I can spend money so I can do whatever and break the rules and just be an absolute unit, like, is a cool concept, but I just didn't find either of them that engaging. Like, I... All the dialogue that had any characterization is like where they're sneaking through a vent and Haru looks at him and is like, oh, you're wearing elevator shoes? And then he kind of gets kicked. Like, I, I could see like the, the seeds of a interesting dynamic there, but I just don't think it succeeded in any of them. Um, Kanbei actually kind of surprised me later on because he ended up not being as um, blatantly just awful as i was expecting but he ended up just being more naive i think i don't know at, at least up to a certain point there are some points later on where he does some very shady things that i hate but i know that's kind of the point of the show though um but i think my favorite episode honestly my favorite episode is when um when kanbei doesn't want to go home and ends up not having any money and goes over to Haru's house and just them being together in his house is obviously my favorite episode. Without question. Without question, the best part of the show, as you just said, is the most engaging points where Daisuke is learning to live the poor life. And yeah. he's just hanging out with Haru and they're shopping at a store or they're cooking food or they're just watching TV. Like, those are always the best moments of the show. And unfortunately, the show is mainly full of, full of them not doing that and just yeah. solving cases. Like, if this was just slice of life with Haru and Daisuke for 11 episodes, it would be fantastic. And I would be like, yes, you watch the show. They're so cute. It's a great combination. Like that's really good to really be the characters that I think the show wanted them to be. Yeah. But when they're like stuck solving things that they don't really care about, that's when it was just like, I don't, uh, there's something here, but it's missing it. That moment when Haru is trying to like cook something really super fancy to like satisfy mm -hmm. his rich palate. I thought was really funny. <laughs> He ended up hating the rich thing and ended up loving, like, the cheap food. <laughs> it was really cute. Well, even then, he's like, oh, I splurged and then, like, got this, like... Really fancy Yeah, and the guy's like, uh, no, don't get yeah. that dog food out of here. I kind of like that it didn't spell out exactly what was going on, but you could tell, like, through, like, flashbacks and at home where they're trying desperately to find out where Kanbei is, he just doesn't want to go home <laughs> because yeah. they all kind of just con are very controlling of him. So I thought that was really cool, but... Um, and then Sorry. I was just going to say, and then at the end, the the 
climax of that is Daisuke learns like a cheap recipe that he brings yeah. back and he's all proud and boastful of it. He's like, look what I made. It, it only costs two dollars. And he's like, wow, <laughs> Daisuke. And he's like, yeah, like that was great. That was that's what I wanted. That episode was so charming. And I fell in love with that episode. I was like, oh, I just want them to be in love now. <laughs> and but yeah, sorry. There's a moment where like they liken him to a dog like Haru and Daisuke are out there looking for a kid's missing dog. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's like, oh, it'll go home when they get when it gets hungry. And then just like that, the people who watch over him are like saying, oh, Daisuke, he's like a dog. Yeah, like it, that was home. such a nice parallel. Like that was uh, episode four probably was the strongest episode of the mm-hmm. batch. Yeah. And before that, it it is kind of funny. You get like a silly laugh out of just how ridiculous Kanbei is, because I think that's part of like the draw of it is just how over the top and ridiculous it is where. Uh, like Kanbei will just crash his car into everybody and like move cars out of the way and just goes write checks for everybody who got whose car was damaged. <laughs> That's just stupid over the top. He's like, you know, instead of like trying to get a search warrant, he just guns down an entire or blows up an entire building. <laughs> he buys the building so yeah. that he doesn't have to <laughs> face the repercussions when he blows it up. Yeah. Like I, I like when his wealth is like kind of covers his ass for like the destruction that he brings. I don't like mm-hmm. when his wealth is like allowing him to get these weird gadgets that allow for this weird thing to happen and gives me this chemical gas agent. Like that was a little too like a cheap way out. Yeah, the very shady parts that I absolutely hate it where I hate it Kambe as a character later on is when he does things like um like hex, like uses his um, what's it called? The Heske Heskem. Yeah, it's like H E S U C. Hughes. I can't remember. Like the computer that he I, AI, AI thing system that he has. He uses it to hack into a woman's car to make it speed, so then she can get arrested, so he can question her. I was like, that's the kind of dirty ass shit that, unfortunately, happened. Well, not like that, but you know. That's the kind of stuff that like would happen in real life, and you're like, no, that's awful. <laughs> to be fair, Dice, and I'm not saying this was allowed, but like a lot of the other cops were doing that too when they did like yeah. the flashback, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, oh yeah, I just stole their information from like a photo book and stuff, and you're like, uh, aren't these the good guys? Yeah, or mm-hmm. aren't they supposed to not be like doing illegal practices to like? And it wasn't, like, like, ever played for laughs or comedy. It was like, oh, no, that's fine. You can do this. Or drugging somebody to get a confession out of him. Like, so he hallucinates. That was very awful. Where do you draw the line, yeah, on retina-projected virtual headsets to trick your people into think you're getting a pseudo-confession to dial their phone number in the game, which is, like, what they would dial in real life? I was like, oh, this is just... Yeah, yeah, like the silly things where he's like buying buildings so he can blow it up. That's funny, you know, but then, then later on he uses his wealth in ways that are like, ooh, I don't know if I can like him as a character because this is awful. But I know that's like the point of it is because, you know, Haru is supposed to be there to be the the guy who wants to follow everything by the book. And they constantly clash with one another in terms of this. He's like, you're... You know, you what what are you doing? Blames him for like the murder of that woman who later on somebody else hacks into her car and blows it up. And everybody thinks it was Kanbei. Like I'm happy that came back at him for doing that. They just didn't like magically get away with it. <laughs> but it was still like I don't know. Like I know it's the point where Kanbei is looking for something very in you know, um in particular. He's looking for specific information that, that is 
um, tied to his family situation, but in that he's willing to do anything to get that info, but it still leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I think the only time that he used his money in a way that I thought was kind of clever, a little a little illegal, let's not lie, but still kind of clever, was the where he sent like a message to all these people's phones that's like, hey, if you hold your phone up and spin around, you get like a thousand dollars. And like when they hold their phone up and spin around, like he hacks into like the video system to like essentially get a bunch of cameras all over the city to find like the culprit. Like I was like, sure, that's unbelievably impractical, but mm-hmm. at least that's somewhat clever. I thought it, I thought the little um, other little sidekicks were kind of cute when they're in the van. They're like, go up on top and hold the radio antenna, and he's like going all over the place trying to find out like it, where the connection is. And then he's like falling off of the van. They're like, right there, stay there. He's like, I can't. Well, he, so once again, they, he decided to go up there and take his shoes off ahead of time for no reason other than to have to drop the thing and catch it with his feet. So they had a bunch of like toes like all around this like antenna. I was like, oh, c- come on. Like it was a little campy, but nonetheless, the best characters were not the main ones. I loved all their like kind of goofy assistants or I should say co-detectives that didn't do anything, but were definitely the kind of weird scummy, but in lovable ways. I loved episode one. Probably some of my favorite characters were these no name like couple that were like going to rob a jewelry store and they were like would walk up to a store and they (laughs) would be like assessing the security guard and be like, could you take him in a fight? If we robbed, could you take him? No, he looks scary. Let's move to the next one. And they keep on like going from store to store, trying to find like the weakest looking security guard until they hit a gold mine, which is a store with no security guard. <laughs> and they're like, okay, this is our place. Yeah. And they go in to rob it. And it's a chocolate store. Like that, that couple right there in their mini arc was more engaging than anything from Daisuke. And <laughs> that's... Once again, the show had so many moments where I was like, yes, okay, here we go. It's time to turn the tide. We're about to do it. And then it just fell flat. Mm-hmm. Um, so later on, we do get into a little bit more of a, a linear type of story where um, Daisuke is insp- like um, trying to find information on his family situation because he remembers that um, as a kid, he thinks his father killed his mother. And now there's somebody who he thinks is his father going around and committing a lot of crimes around this th- this um, data just known as um, Ado- Adolium. Is that what it was? Adolium. Adolium. It's some chemical material that mm-hmm. is uh, like the new version of plutonium and yeah. has far reaching. Like a, like a new like type of energy, I believe. Um, and... I they I guess it can also lead to a lot of new uh, weapons that they uh, don't want to be released, but it can also be used as a form of new like um, uh, energy source. And so uh, the um, his father was researching it and was going to release the information, and his mother was like, "No, we can't let that happen." Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, his mother was going to turn it in. Sorry, that's reversed. His mother was going to turn it in. His father didn't want it to happen. and uh, But it turns out his grandma had his mom assassinated. <laughs> that was just crazy. The, the grandma asked her son to assassinate his wife. And he's like, uh, that's not a good look, fam. I'm not going to. Uh. So she locks him up in the basement for years, has his wife murdered and like frames him for it all under the guise of 
this material, this chemical, just the world isn't ready for it. And that's how we're going to keep this family secret of this chemical warfare, like, under wraps. Yeah, towards the end, I don't know. Like, I could see, like, yeah, if you really hate episodic shows, that it does, like, develop a story type kind of a kind of story that um i could see people who really hate episodic shows would like that but for me i like just the silly moments of the show that were like yeah we're buying buildings to blow them up and shit (laughs) i don't know towards the end i just i think it got a little bit too serious for me like you know like it was what it didn't fit in well with me when you look at like the beginning of the show which you're what you are into the show like when you like when you first started up what attracted you to it i just i don't know towards the end i had too many questions that were like like god your grandmother murdered her her own like step or her stepchild that's crazy the most interesting part about this last episode arc which is episode seven through eleven is that like this whole time daisuke like really relies on this ai like hughes component of his you know, finances to like pay for everything and determine routes and do all this. And all of a sudden he's having to solve this, this mystery and this AI is like blocking access from him and almost going against him. And it's like, Oh, there's someone with even better access than he does. It's gotta be someone in the family. Like, and like him having to solve this without the aid of maybe all of his finances had the potential to be interesting, but nonetheless, he just puts a blanket over his head and the AI can't track him. And like, it, it just a lot of things fell apart once again as i've said a thousand times potential but just executed in a way where it left you scratching your head and was like this wasn't really rewarding or engaging besides a couple moments it had some kind of rough action scenes had a classic uh like mission impossible oh it's a rubber mask disguise at the end like it, that was very silly <laughs> it, it was just not rewarding and it's what you expect it to be the whole time and the twists are just cheap it's just i don't know it it uh, i don't have much more (laughs) yeah it had a very scooby-doo feeling at the end like aha i pull off my mask and like my perfect mask of your father and i'm the butler the entire time exactly it was very silly the ending was very kind of anticlimactic i'd say it's like you said before earlier during um, impressions that it plays it a little bit too safe. It felt like everything kind of just cleaned up so nicely. Like, um, I did like that Haru got over his trauma because during the whole show, he's traumatized because he remembers um, accidentally shooting an innocent woman um, who I, I think she had a toy gun when she lifted it. And, um, and, you know, he he thought that she was pointing a gun at him and he shot her and killed her. And that's been very traumatic for him throughout the whole show. And then um, he got over that trauma towards the end, but... Um, and then strangled the guy to death. Yeah, and then... That's freaking crazy. <laughs> like, the show doesn't make any sense sometimes. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It's like, it cleaned up a little bit too nicely at the end where um there are there are all these questions like what are we gonna do with this information that we found like um they put it all on kanbei like are you going to 
you know, release it or are you going to keep it hidden? And then turns out Haru stumbles and ends up sending the information off and everything is just happy. Kanbei's like, ha, ha, ha. It had one decision to make, which could have like left a tone to the series and like actually would have made you sway or have an opinion on this guy and like raises an interesting question and the guy's like, uh, no, I'm injured. I'm going to lean on the table. Oh, I've activated it. Oh, well, looks like no decision was made. Consequences. Ha ha. We have money. Yeah. Also, yeah, that was, was really it, disappointing. Was it confirmed that that girl who aimed the gun at her was it was a toy gun? Because I, I thought that's it was what like they said, but I couldn't. It was like wrong. a bank robber who was going in. Mm-hmm. So the guy like so Haru like I don't know neutralized him, but then like a girl came out and like picked up the gun mm-hmm. and then aimed it. I, I I wasn't too sure, but I nonetheless, think she was with the guy who was robbing. I think she knew him. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I, I think, think she was at the bank, like maybe in on it or like it it doesn't really matter it was kind of a just something to trigger his like downfall of the first division which we really kind of got only a little interplay with i like the train where they're kind of like fighting each other for like who gets the right to like reprimand the suspect uh i do think daisuke like getting this like entire idol group to descend from a building on a lift within like a matter of minutes was a little absurd, but I guess I can forgive it when it's trying to be fun. I thought, and like, yeah, exactly. I thought all, that was like all the, the Obasans just like freaking out and like, oh my goodness, our idols were here, and like that like causes them to like revolt against the guy. Like that, those are like dumb, stupid. It doesn't make sense. Mason like critiques it and nitpits it from like a logical standpoint, but those are moments that could reward itself by being fun. And yeah, it's stupid, but it's engaging and silly enough to earn it in a way which Mm. is what a lot of the show doesn't do elsewise and i like episode one ends with daisuke letting haru fall like off a bridge into the water after like looking down at him and they like go for a similar joke at the end of 11 and i think they didn't need to show the flashback i think we would have gotten it yeah yeah when you like if you don't think that your images and like message was strong enough to like have people remember them like, that's kind of a weak sign. I was like, okay, we get it. We didn't need it. Maybe it's because well, we watched it all within a week. I, I, I wonder get that. how much of that was COVID and probably just trying to fill up time desperately and, like, reusing images. You very well could be right, and I, I wouldn't take it away from you. But, like, nonetheless, it felt like, oh, this big scenic moment. I don't know. It's like if if in The Terminator, he'd be like, I'll be back. And they'd be like, ooh, maybe they didn't hear it or remember it. And they like show a flash. It's like, no, like you have to have trust in your viewers that they will remember the references mm-hmm. from earlier. But it wasn't a game changing. And they uh, didn't even really change all that much. He still let him fall off the bridge. Yeah, which was funny. I'll give it that. That was funny. <laughs> but uh, the show looked, I would say, pretty good. I would say it was like it looked good, but not stylish or well animated. Like. I and it was sometimes a, a little cartoony, like when this big bad like scoots away on a hover bike after like proclaiming that he's the evil guy. Like overall, it looked good, but not impressive, if that makes sense. Yeah, I thought it looked fine. And I think the first few episodes were, you know, some more more the um, the better parts of it. But I yeah, I definitely think it just got hit super hard. <laughs> I, from what I remember, this is like the first show that was like, we can't even function right now. They shut everything down. <laughs> yeah, we knew pretty quickly. Yeah. 
So I, that was something that I knew what to expect going in. Um, how'd you feel about the OP? I thought the OP was actually pretty decent. The electronic dance pop James Bond OP. Yeah, but I mean, like the visuals are fun. <laughs> I like that moment where he like like blows out the smoke from his um, cigar. Yeah, with uh, yeah, it's it a very I don't know, sexy it's kind fine. of James Bond feel to it, it. Yeah, it has the girls in lingerie for no reason, <laughs> tied up for you're like, oh, maybe that's an allusion to what'll happen. The pl-. no, it's just them in their underwear, as you do. But it wasn't bad. But I pretty quickly started skipping it each time. Um. Oh, sorry. I was going to say the ED was probably equally fine. I, I just think it wasn't really my style of music, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't like when the shows say the name of the show in the opening a lot. Yeah. I didn't get what Balance Unlimited was, if that makes sense. Not the show, but like the term Balance Unlimited. Is it Unlimited Balance? I thought it was going to be like, oh, he made a friend. He, this is a, the he sure he has money in the bank, but the balance unlimited. That's in your heart. That's in your connection with your Nakamas. That's with him making a friend finally and like finding love or something. No, it just means he literally has all the money. I have no, no idea okay. how he keeps all that money too. Where is it coming from? <laughs> 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 but that's like any show where there's like a billionaire who never really works. <laughs> also, I'm like where does all this money come from? So they made it seem like this this house, this hidden house where all this research is taking place is somewhere and they just got to find it. And I guess it's just attached to the house. Like it's like yeah. a couple meters away. Like I get not having a huge estate and not knowing like all the side doors and passages. I get that completely. But they're like, oh, where could this house possibly be? And it's like literally next door. Yeah. <laughs> There's some very, very slow moments. I don't know. The show, if it was cooler looking, if it was more fun, if it had more engaging characters, if it just exuded style, it could have cleared the bar. But otherwise, it was just kind of lackluster, which I think we've hopefully made clear. So uh, True. Chat's saying if he had a billion dollars in the bank, he could use the interest of that billion, I guess. That's how he just never run never runs out of money. I don't know. He spends a whole lot. <laughs> spends what did what did we say he spent like? It was like twenty four billion per 2. episode. 4, yeah, two point four billion, uh, two point six in one episode. Question. <laughs> Question. How? <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. I think it's fine. It's just an okay show. Plays it very very safe. And I think you can just watch it just for the silliness of it. And of course, if you think Kanbei is super hot and attractive. <laughs> I mean, you got that. He's got that sleepy eye, like, douchebag look to him. <laughs> yeah. And I do think the episode with him and Haru is actually really cute. I love yeah. that episode. <laughs> I would say if, if it seems a little bit engaging, at least watch episodes one. And you could probably just jump to four afterwards. <laughs> You'll be fine with that. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to add on? Nope. Nope. Well, we are at the end of the show. So thank you so much for hanging on and, uh, for listening. Um, you can also go to all of our social media accounts, find us on Twitter, keep where you can get updates on what we have going on in our community. I am on Twitter as Mandy X Mandy. Not changing that one yet. 
keeping it for now. I will stay Mandix Mandy for a while longer. <laughs> YOLO. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Macy Pacey. I post a bunch of random stuff and that's how Twitter works. <laughs> that's kind of like the whole point of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm figuring it out. I'm slowly getting there. Give me a chance. Um, <laughs> You can also find us on Facebook, on our groups, and Discord is where you want to go to find out, or just to join all of our clubs. What do we have going on in our clubs? We got so much. First of all, I want to announce the running club met our November goal of reaching a certain number of miles. Uh, we had one member, really enterprising young man, who uh, decided to pretty much do the entire challenge by himself. Uh, so congrats to you. But nonetheless, everyone else who chipped in, much appreciated. I uh, want to give a preemptive shout out to the seasonal watch party. Obviously, every Saturday we watch a bunch of shows from the currently airing season and it's a bunch of fun. But with the next season about to get released, make sure you're there so you can help decide what shows we watch week to week. So get in there. Uh, Anime Club, we will be discussing Crest of the Stars December 2nd at 10 p.m. EST. This is one of Mitz's favorites. You can watch it on Funimation. So watch all 13 episodes and jump in chat on that day and we'll discuss the show. Yeah, and Manga Club will be back on December 9th. We will be discussing the first two volu- volumes, I believe it's first two, at least the first omnibus volume of St. Young Men, which would be such a silly, fun time. So uh, come join us. And of course, you can find us on our website and at aapodcast.com slash join. Join up and get all of our bonus content. We are going to do a hentai episode today, which will be available later in the week. And we'll be discussing doujin series that are based on popular franchises. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So, of course, find us on iTunes, leave us a review. And thank you so much for joining. See you all next week. See ya. Bye.